This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let me ask you this. Why are you listening to this podcast? This podcast in particular. What do I have to say to you that's worth your attention? And how can I say it? Will I whisper it to you? Or scream into this microphone and then into your car? Or your headphones or that Bluetooth speaker you keep in the shower? Working in podcasting and trying to make good things, these are the questions I ask myself all the time. What am I saying? How am I saying it? And why should you, the listener, care at all? And that's what this show is about. I'm going to talk to people who had to answer these questions, people who make podcasts and had to find and then use their voices. Welcome to Inside Voices. I'm your host, Kevin T. Porter. Today, we're going to be hearing Nicole Byer's voice. Nicole Byer is wonderful. She is hilarious. She is an actress, an improviser, a comedian, and most recently, a podcast host. So let's start this show and this conversation with a new tradition. Each episode, I'm going to ask the guests to describe their own voice to me in their own words. And whatever they say, I'm going to make the title of the episode. Nicole Byer. How would you describe your voice? I would describe my voice as real annoying and shrill and nasty and like, I don't get why anybody ever wants to listen to it. It's bad. Is that Uh, true? (laughs) You truly think you have a shrill, annoying voice? I think I have a very, I don't like, I, me personally, I do not like my voice. Really? So you don't listen back? I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast that I've done. Whoa. But surely you've watched your stuff because you have to watch your stuff. Yeah, but it's not like I do it with any sort of joy. I usually watch things alone. I'll never have like a viewing party for anything I'm in. That's insane. I think going to a premiere would cause me to have a conniption. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to watch myself with other people. That's crazy. I get that. I mean, do you think there's still like a gap between what you think you sound like? Like when you're talking to me right now versus what? Yes. Okay, so the the gap still exists then. Yeah, I think I sound one way, then I listen to it, and I'm like, ugh, yuck! I think you have a terrific voice. Thank you. I think it's buoyant. I think it's bright. I think it's sing-songy. It sounds like you're a character in a musical (laughs) that's about to break out into a number. I think so, yeah. Okay. You sound like a little fairy godmother. Thank you. Truly. So the episode title might be, Nicole Byer has a shrill annoying voice. Yeah, great. That's fine. That's what you want? That's what I think. I think it's more positive than that. If you, You've never had a, a positive association with your voice? No, I've never like listened to my voice and been like, mm, mm, I that's like a this. good voice. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy the things that come out of my mouth. I like, I think I'm funny. I just, I don't, I don't like my, I don't like my voice. I wish it were different. Oh, have you ever thought about like taking voice lessons or getting a vocal coach or anything like I that? I try to take voice lessons and I had to turn my back on the woman as I sang because I was so embarrassed. <gasps> it's like the only thing that's like truly embarrassing for me. Yeah, because you're not embarrassed, but like you have, in a good way, no shame. <laughs> 
That's what people say, but I'm just like, I don't know. Almost everything I do is embarrassing. So like if I was going to get embarrassed by the weird things that I do, I'd be constantly embarrassed. Yeah. But singing is like, it's not subjective. I mean, singing is subjective, but like everyone can agree that like so-and-so is a bad singer Mm -hmm. for the most part. Or like we can all agree that so-and-so is a good singer. And I think it's just like the defiant thing scares me. Yeah. And the fact that it is such a naked act and there yeah. is no pre- pretense of, no. Oh, maybe this isn't your flavor. It's not for you or something like yeah, that. It's and- like, no, I can listen to like a jazz. I don't love jazz, but I can listen to jazz and go, this is good. But it, some people, especially people in comedy, when they do broach into like, oh, maybe here's like a sincere song or something. It's like, yeah. it is it, it is a, a choice, right? Yeah, it's not for me, so I don't sing. Why did you want to take voice lessons when you did? Because I look like I can sing. So I was like, people keep asking, so I might as well take a voice lesson and try to learn. And then she was like, there's a voice somewhere deep inside of you, and I don't know if I'm the one to get it out. And I was like, okay, that was like kind of hurtful. How long ago was that? Two years, three years ago. It was when I was in L.A., so... Not recently, but recent enough. I mean, you sing the theme song for your show and for your podcast. Why won't yeah. you date me? We did two takes, and Mars was like, you sure you don't want to do that again? And I said, no. <laughs> Why won't you date me? Why won't you date me? Why won't you date me? Please tell me why. <laughs> so it's pretty off-key. It sounds pretty insane. <laughs> But I feel like it really encapsulates you to some degree, right? Where it's like, it is so doubled down and committed and there is Uh no sense of like hesitation or Uh reticence at all. It's like, this is it. And it is this. It's bad. And I love it. It makes me laugh really hard. Well, if it's bad, I love it too. Thank you. Was it was it like this as a kid? What was your relationship with your voice when you were growing up? I mean, I was constantly told to use my indoor voice because I was too loud. As I was, it was always told like time and place. My mom would go TMP. You were allowed which meant time and place to be loud. Mm-hmm. I was very loud, like in school, loud. personally, everywhere. At home. I just love talking. My mother used to say she was never worried about me. She would let me wander around in stores because she was like nobody would ever kidnap you. They'd bring you right back. <laughs> Which, like, maybe isn't the nicest thing to say to a child. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what you want to hear. it's true. <laughs> I don't think anyone would keep me if they kidnapped me. They'd be like, oh, my God, this kid. Did you find people, like, even with your mom's jokes and stuff, were still charmed by you as a loud little girl? Yeah, I also learned, like, tricks. Like, if we ever went to the McDonald's drive-thru, all I had to do was, like, lean over my mother and go, oh, my God, you're so pretty. And then the people in the window would be like, oh, my God, this kid <laughs> said I was pretty. Here's an extra toy. So, yeah, I learned pretty early. If you give people compliments, they want to be nice to you. Yeah. People love a compliment. And how to manipulate people and uh, how to pull certain strings. Yeah, no, compliment, yeah, I guess, is a manipulation. No, but yeah, I mean, I was doing it to get what I wanted. I mean, the first time I did it, I was genuinely like, this woman is so pretty, she has to know. And then maybe the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time, I was like, I want my fucking toy. <laughs> so as all things do, it started from a pure intent and mm-hmm. then it got calcified into something cynical over time. Yeah. yeah. I think I still had a show on MTV or on Facebook Watch. I'm not sure. I was like still pretty busy, but I was like, uh, John Gabris, who's a friend, was like, uh, you should start a podcast. Like you really should. And I was like, I don't know what, 
I uh, should do a podcast about and we like run into each other at the airport and he was like pretty high <laughs> and I might have been high too because I like to sometimes eat an edible before planes uh, and he was like I don't know dude about like love and relationships or something like interview people you've like fucked and I was like huh okay I don't even know if he said all that but he was the one who put it in my brain to do something about love and relationships so then I emailed HeadGum and they were like let's do it and it was a real treat and it's been a dream ever since so in 2017, Nicole launched her podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? WWYDM, which is how we refer to it in our emails for brevity's sake, is a show about Nicole's love life. Every episode, Nicole talks to a guest about the wild world of dating online and offline in the 21st century, ending each episode with the titular question. It is so funny and horny and frank and sometimes confrontational and honest. And I didn't really know how to host a podcast because I don't listen to podcasts. Is that true to this day? Yeah, I can't. Not a fan. I don't like <laughs> listening to other people's conversations where I can't interject my thoughts. I mean, I could, but like I'm alone in my car. You're, no one's going to hear it. Uh, I guess expectations would be that it was harder than it actually was because it is just a conversation. But then I did like I used to have people look at my Tinder profile more often and then a couple of the comments were like, this is redundant. If you're not going to change it, don't have people read it. And I was like, I mean, this isn't wrong. <laughs> so I don't really have people do that anymore. I mean, there is only so much you can talk about love and relationships before it becomes redundant. Like I did an episode with Whitney Cummings where we talked a lot about comedy. And a comment on that my Instagram was like, there wasn't enough talk about love and relationships. And I was like, I know, but like some people don't want to share their current situation. Some people don't want to share their past situation. And like, I still want to interview you. I still want to talk to you. And I don't want to hold that against you. So like, I just, we just won't talk about it. And I'm okay with it. And I guess maybe I should put up a warning. It's like, this one doesn't have much about love. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to please everybody. I think you're fine. And I think it's just going to be the lesson we all have to learn over and over again of like, literally not 100% of the people will be happy. You get most of them, you get some of them, yeah. but it's never going to like be the whole swath, right? I, I do try to please people. But also, I don't. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's an interesting thing, though, that you describe, you know, hosting Why Won't You Date Me, as well as your other shows, like uh, Yes, friends, I have Best Friends, I have Day 90 Fiat. Day Bay, mm -hmm. and then occasionally I'm on Drag Her, but I did get a little too busy to do all four. It would be like someone who makes pizzas, hates pizza, and can't eat it. <laughs> but like the, the head chef at your favorite pizza restaurant is like, yeah, pizza sucks. That well, said, have some pizza. <laughs> I'm yeah, I get yes, not I guess. It is that is absolutely right. <laughs> I I like doing them. I just can't fathom listening to one. Right. I want to play a clip from your first episode. Oh, okay. Are you okay listening to your voice? Is sure. this all right? We yeah, gotta do it. Yeah, I mean, if that's the form of your show, it seems like I don't really have an option. You could you could tap out if you wanted to. No, I'm here I'll to do serve it. you. I'll oh, do it. Thank you. Thank you for the favor. Mm -hmm. This is when you had Will Hines on as a guest. Hell yeah, dude. This was your first guest, your yes. first episode. Yes. And this was like the truest crystallization of the concept, as was stated in, in this conversation. Cool. So, so how come you didn't date me? <laughs> <laughs> well, boy, what a what a Incredibly awkward question to be asked <laughs> while being recorded. I mean, you've never asked me this nope. in real life. <laughs> nope, but I well, figured you can't run away. No, you can't I love it. You can't lie to me. No, yeah. I mean, you could. I guess I could lie to you, but the world will know. 
Uh, yeah. Well, okay. At the time, uh-huh. I was like a wreck. Like that okay. relationship was a big one, and I was like, I'd ended it, but I felt guilty <laughs> about it, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I went in, like, I would say for the next year, I was like a mess. I would date people and then break up with them mm-hmm. and then beg them back and then like not talk to anybody and then try not to drink and then drink too much. That particular moment, like I wasn't going to date anybody. So that was your, that was the <laughs> truest sense of why won't you date me? Yeah. This happened. And then what happened after that? I don't think I told him the concept of the show, but I think when I texted him to do it, I was like, would it be okay if we talked about our kiss? Mm-hmm. And I think he was like, yes, that's fine. I really hope I didn't just blindside him. I think everybody else I told. Well, because in the in the beginning and when you started the show, it was a good amount of people that you did already yes. have some measure yes. or level of experience I with. I ran through them. <laughs> and then uh, it's been hard to get people to agree to do it. People you've had experience with, you mean? Yeah, the last two people, they were like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's such an aggressive and difficult ask that then when people do say yes to it, the dividends and like the results that it yields are pretty uh-huh. incredible. Cause it's so inoften that you don't hear like just talking about a relationship mm-hmm. or talking about love or this decision or why'd you do that or this. It's like you're performing it in mm-hmm. real time, like truly what the relationship is yeah. or that conversation. Confrontational in a way that I think is like pretty rare and pretty interesting for as, as much as you yourself don't listen to shows or podcasts. It is truly special for for what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, sure. <laughs> so obviously, when a person talks about a specific topic every week, especially publicly and especially when it is vulnerable and personal, it changes how they feel about it. In the worst case scenarios, it can rob them of a certain amount of joy or excitement for it. But thankfully, in Nicole's case, speaking to an audience about her love life in an extremely candid way had a mostly positive effect. I think 100 episodes in, I'm just more secure with myself, which is different than loving yourself. You can love yourself and then have lots of doubts and be like worried about things happening. I think it's affected me in a way where... It's nice because I am also in therapy, but then I do talk about love and relationships like at nauseum. But I think it just makes me feel a little bit more secure that like uh, one day it will happen and it's going to be good. And also being in therapy, my therapist is like celebrate the little things, too. If you're with someone for a week, that's nice. Mm -hmm. If you like hook up with someone and it's good and it was a day, that's nice. But yeah, I think I'm just like a more uh, stable person. Also, I've gotten older. I don't think I matured as fast as maybe some other women do. I've also like learned how to speak to people a little bit better. Well, and it seems like too, it started with people you had like, not only were you friends with or had some connection with, but like had the most familiarity or the most intimacy with. And now you've had to like branch off into people that you haven't had on the show before yeah. or you've never met before in real life. And so that- Yeah, t- and that- it's been interesting and curious and I like it. I like talking to different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people keep being like, well, if you get into a relationship, are you going to end the show? I'm like, well, no. Because the question would be like, why won't you date me? Well, because you're in a relationship. And I think it'll just bring a different aspect to the show. And I think it'll be interesting. Although I don't think I talk about my relationship in the beginning. Because uh, you got to keep some things to yourself. There are in that. That's what I was going to ask, too. Because the promise of the show is like in your face or aggressive vulnerability. Mm -hmm. In the sense of like how you talk to people and how you talk about yourself. But 
it sounds like too, and even other conversations that maybe we just had off mic mm-hmm. or on mic on another show, that there are limits to self-disclosure and there are limits to oh, what you would share. Yeah. Like I've had relationships with people that I haven't talked about on the show at all. And I probably never will. But it's a, it's it feels like a kind of tough high wire act to be constantly commodifying that quality that does exist in you of like, mm-hmm. here's me, this is who I am, and kind of like that nakedness of, of revealing yourself, even though it is like sort of an illusion and sort of like a narrative mm-hmm. at play. But then that probably must change how people engage with you and like either talk to you after shows or what they say to you when you're performing stand-up because they might feel a little more entitled to you than they actually are. Yeah, I do think people speak to me with, like, a familiarity that is sometimes off-putting. But, you know, sometimes people get a little too drunk at a show, and it's fine. I like it. I just, I like doing it. Sometimes I come up with material from episodes. Mm -hmm. I'll, like, say a sentence or something, and then that sentence becomes, like, a 10-minute joke. I think podcasting is, like, very interesting. I, don't, I think it's so interesting that people want to listen to me. It's weird. Yeah, does that feel hard to accept? Yes and no. Because, like, when I do my stand-up, I'm like, it's so wild that people want to, like, watch me for an hour. But then I'm like, well, I have an hour of material that I'm really proud of. Yeah. So it's like a, it's, it's weird. But it's, I, I feel like it's always hard to accept that sort of value. That's not just like, eh, we're all valuable because we're all human, blah, 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 whatever. But literally like, oh, here's the actual dollar amount. Or here's like the minutes of time that someone's invested who listen to every yeah. episode of your show. It's nice. It's it's really nice when people like you because a lot of people don't like you. Is there a workaholism that you feel identified with? It's not a workaholism. It's just like if I'm not going to do it, someone else will. Oh, that's an interesting idea of like filling the space so someone... Who maybe isn't as talented. No, no, no. I just, I mean, like, if you want to be an actor and you're not taking the necessary steps to be an actor, someone else will do that. And someone else will be, like, successful because you didn't do it. Yeah. Why not just do it? So it makes sense. Yeah. Taking every available opportunity. That makes sense. Why not? Not that I, like, want to oversaturate myself, but if we can get four hours of my content every week, where it's all different, that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I know I do repeat myself, so, like, I don't think it's, like, I'm just creating, like, hours and hours and hours of original content every week. But, like, it helps me with my stand-up. And it helps me. It it just helps me. So, like, why wouldn't I do it? So it doesn't just exist to exist as much as it does, but it's also, like, a different kind of function, too. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Inside Voices. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Inside Voices. So the word exposure is a term that gets way overused and often abused in the creative world in lieu of equitable compensation. Often those in power who refuse to pay people for their work offer instead the amorphous proposition of exposure. We can't give you money, but a lot of people will see the thing you're doing, and maybe one of them can pay you one day. And most of the time, it's absolute horse hockey, pardon the language. But in podcasting, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes, it's true. 
Sometimes it actually works, and those people that consistently invite you into the intimate context of their private listening time are compelled to then go out and buy a ticket and pay to see you perform live. That's been the case for Nicole, and if Why Won't You Date Me represents one part of her appeal, then Nailed It, a family-friendly amateur bake-off show on Netflix that she hosts, represents the polar opposite end. I liked that the podcast had brought more people to like my stand-up shows and stuff. It was like a new way to reach people uh, who maybe hadn't heard of me or wouldn't even think of me. Uh, and then the nailed audience is uh, a lot of parents to children who like me and then like to stun on their kids. They're like, I'm going to go see her live, <laughs> which is like very cool. And I love it. And I say I don't like kids. I just don't know what to say to them. My content truly isn't for them. Like, that show is edited down from 10 hours of footage. So, like, it's the two separate things. Yeah, and it sounds like you might even have some form of Bob Saget-itis, in a way. I do say that on stage that I'm this generation's Bob Saget. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. Interesting. Yeah, because obviously, uh-huh. such a dirty man. Yeah, On filthy. such a family-friendly, clean yeah. little show. Danny Tanner people. is a... Nasty little stand up <laughs> at night. But that's kind of sweet too that there are like multiple avenues through which people can experience parts of you yes. and yourself. And that probably helps, honestly, with just like feeling like, oh yeah, maybe I am an interesting person. If it's not like I can make this kind of table with this kind of legs, mm-hmm. but it's like I can also make this kind of chair or I can make this kind of couch. Yeah. And it didn't always used to be like this for you and for your, your career. Oh, everyone starts somewhere. So I was running around doing free improv shows all around New York City, sometimes mm-hmm. like two shows a night, and you just be like bouncing around. And then I had day jobs. So like I was nannying. I worked in the office of UCB, the Price Citizens Brigade Theater. Um, I was a waitress for a little bit. I was a hostess for another time. Um, I worked in a clothing store. Yeah. So it's like I was just doing a lot of shit. I've always been doing a lot of shit and juggling a lot of different things. And there's probably memories of that that could come back pretty easily when you think about the proposition of maybe not doing everything that you're doing and maybe not hosting five shows and not doing Mm -hmm. these dates and not touring and not getting out there where it's like, it was very easily a different kind of life that you were Oh, it was such a different life, but like still a tiresome life. Like Mm -hmm. I was still tired because I would wake up at like 1030 in the morning, go to my babysitting job, try to nap when the kid napped and then like work my secretary job in the evening and then like have two shows and then wake up and do the whole thing again. And then, yeah, like going from like one job to the next job and then like still being like, I live in poverty. (laughs) 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 My rent's only $500 a a month, but like I'm finding it hard to scrape together $500 to pay that rent because I like to drink and those cost money. I think a big reason a lot of creative people gravitate towards making podcasts is because of the purity of it. Because of the control that's possible, it can be as undiluted an extension of yourself as you want it to be. Because for a certain type of person, whatever your format is, becomes a mere pretense. And over time, you become the format. The tone bounces, uh, the topics bounce. I do try to keep it to relationships, but sometimes we get on like fun tangents and... Just see where the wind blows you. Yeah, but it's nice that it feels comfy enough that it can be literally whatever you want Mm -hmm. it to be at this point. I feel like I've done shows in the past where it's like, okay, here's the premise. Mm -hmm. If you don't stick to the premise, people are going to hate you. Mm -hmm. And it is always such a nice testament to like how much people do like you and how much people do enjoy actually you. Not just like, I like to hear about relationships and Nicole Mm -hmm. Byer's good at talking about them where where it does maybe, or maybe it has shifted to, I like Nicole Byer a lot. 
I'll listen to her, to her talk about yeah, relationships nice. or whatever. It is nice and people like you. I want to play another clip from the show. Okay. We got more clips, baby. Clips, 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 clippy, clips, clippy, clips, clippy. clips, 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 clips. This is from an episode with Skylar Hurt. Okay. <laughs> Here's a question. <laughs> I already know you would date me. <laughs> but why do you think I'm still single? Oh, Nicole. You can't hurt my feelings. That's a, that must be a lie. What, that you can't hurt my feelings? Yes. You can't. I mean, certainly, you must know. I don't fit. Well, I mean, I have, like, ideas. Like, why didn't we work out? I don't think we worked out because I don't think we were fundamentally compatible. You, like, wouldn't even kiss me because you were like, you Ugh. taste like an ashtray, which yeah. is not true. Mm. Have you ever licked an ashtray? You can figure so out what something tastes like by the way it smells. You don't know what that tastes like? Okay. Okay, so your, like, lack of communication ah, sure. had nothing to do with it? Or- sure, yes. Again, I do think texting is, like, I think it's false. And I think if you have good texting and then it's not good in person, then, like, that's also confusing. So, if, like, if it's bad texting and it's better in person, I think that's better. Well, I think we had good texting and good in-person stuff. I think it was mostly just, like, logistics that we got hung up on where it was, like, making plans and then you would forget that we made the plans Mm. and then you would bail at the last minute. It was a lot of being very disrespectful of my time. Okay. And being very inconsiderate. Okay. And putting yourself first. Okay. And that's why we stopped dating. All right. Fair. (laughs) I stand by it. Fair. Fair. I think that's everyone who's ever dated me is uh You think they'd issue. say a version of that? Yeah, that Whoa. like I cancel plans, I forget that I've made plans, I forgot I was recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I just I forget I I write things down, I have a paper planner, I have a phone planner. I do a lot of shit and a lot of times I do cancel plans and it's not great. And I've had conversations, like my old roommate and I had a conversation where she was like, if we make a plan and you bail at the last second and I'm at a theater by myself because you forgot that we were seeing a movie, that's shitty to me. Like, I know that you have a lot going on, but like, do not make plans with me unless you know that you can actually show up and keep the plan. Mm -hmm. And then from like that day on with her, I was like, okay, like I have to, it really bugs her. She's my, one of my best dear friends. I love her dearly. I don't want her to feel like I'm being disrespectful to her time. But then I feel like in a relationship, especially if you know who I am and you know everything I do, I guess I felt like I should be cut a little leniency on things. Uh, But then I guess it's like, well, if I expect you to show up on time and like hold yourself to like when you say you can hang out, I feel I feel like I'd be like, oh, why are you bailing on me? You're not as busy as me. If I can show up, you can show up. But then it's just like, well, if you are busy, you should make an effort to like remember when you're going to hang out with somebody. Yeah, but that is like such an extraordinary thing to make naked on a pot. I mean, I don't know if it feels that way to you, but that's like mind blowing to have a conversation public. Mm-hmm. That is like so many people's private conversations and obviously a conversation you've had privately mm-hmm. a few times in your life too, but I mean, does that feel okay having that out? And like people know about that and can hear that and can hear like some of the tension between you and Skylar on, a, on an episode like that? I mean, I don't mind. Uh, I don't think I come off super great. 
But also, I don't think she comes off super. I I truly just think we were not fundamentally compatible. And I was just like, I don't know why you can't say that. Like, just say that. Like, we were not compatible. Uh, the lack of communication was like the tip of the iceberg. You know, I didn't bring up everything that bothered me about her because I don't think she asked. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's not here to defend herself. No, of course. So. No, and it's not about relitigating it that. But just, I think, I think the fact that the fact that you are fine with this does speak to the added security that you're talking about in doing a show like this. Well, I mean, I'm not the only person who's bad at communication. I'm not the only person who flakes on people. Uh, she's not the only person in the world to feel like her time has been disrespected. So, like, I think if you listen to that and you go, oh, my God, that's my issue with this person. They disrespect my time. I recognize it. This is what they did to me. You can then have a conversation with that person and be like, this thing you do upsets me. And then maybe I've helped one person learn how to speak to somebody. Not that I'm like here for teachable moments, but like. But you might be, honestly. If, if listening to me go through things like that publicly are is like good and helpful, then like, I don't know. Okay, cool. Yeah. But it does feel like, especially when you do encounter such positive feedback from your audience and mm-hmm. you do encounter such like people's anecdotal experience of like, oh yeah, maybe someone, maybe it's that mm-hmm. episode, maybe it was another episode. Like, oh, hearing that kind of conversation or hearing this specific topic did help me understand this subject mm-hmm. in a way that like helped me in my confidence or my sexuality or in my dating life. That's to feel pretty good, right? That you, even though you're just like doing bits and being silly <laughs> and having people over, uh huh. like it's got to feel pretty good that you do facilitate uh, that even passively. I don't think about it. You don't think about it ever? No, not really. So how do you receive that when people talk to you about that? It feels weird. And then I try to like change the subject. <laughs> Like, I've had a lot of women be like, you've helped me wear sleeveless shirts in the summer. I hated my fat arms. And then they, like, go into a monologue about it. And it's nice that it's like, oh, it's nice that, like, I've helped you with something. But, like, yeah, it's hard to internalize, like, oh, I've made this person's life better. But, like, maybe there's some aspects of my life that I can't figure out. So it just, when you're, like, alone in a hotel room after a show, you have a lot of time to think. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of time to, like, go over things that people have said to you. And things that are going on in your life that, like, aren't going well. And then you're like, I just made so many people happy. And I'm, like, sitting here stewing on, like, why I'm not happy right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, a, it's a weird thing. That's why I don't think about it. So the cognitive dissonance is, like, too much better. Like, if someone says, you did this, or, you like, you provided, even if it's not, like, you changed my life and I'm brave now. But, yeah. like, just, like, you made me laugh a lot when I was having a bad day or something. It feels dissonant. That's fine. It's when they get into the specifics. Like, I have cancer, and I watched you, and I had radiology. And I'm like, okay. I don't, <laughs> that's, you don't want that's it. too fucking heavy. Yeah. That's too fucking heavy. I'm glad I got you through it, but that's so fucking heavy to put on somebody. Yeah. I think. Because you think then that requires, like, a response to you, like, Okay, well, let me give you a hug for 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I don't and... know. I don't know what you want from me when you say shit like that. Yeah. Like, you just say, thank you. You've made me laugh so hard. Great. Thank you. That's I'm glad. That's what I want. I think but... it's a, it's hard to be a good receiver of stuff like that, too. In a way where it's like, you don't feel weird. You don't make the other person feel weird yeah. or uncomfortable. It's hard to, like, navigate that space of not giving, like, when you get an email that's, like, five paragraphs long, mm-hmm. not just, like, thanks, TTYL, or whatever, but, like— Who still says TTYL? Well, clearly I do, you and I've told to on myself. I know. out of your I'm life. Sorry, get Nicole. yourself out of your life. I will <laughs> shortly thereafter this podcast. Uh, 
Uh, I want to play a clip of, it's actually a montage of clips. Okay. Of the central question of your show. Who would you date me? Yeah, I would date yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. You're dope as fuck. Oh, you kidding me? Would you ever date me? Yes. Are you kidding oh, me? No. Yes. <laughs> yes, it'd be so fun. Oh, would you date me? Yeah. I would. Yay. I don't get why other people wouldn't. Me either. Would you date me? Yeah. Ooh. Here's a question. Yep. Would you date me? I've thought about this for so long as a fan of this podcast. I don't think I would. Oh, oh I've, I've only come here to give you bad oh. news, it sounds like. Would right. you date me? I don't think I would. <laughs> okay. What do you hear when you listen to that? All those different answers. It's so funny because all the yeses, I scream. I didn't realize I did that for every single one. <laughs> and then the no's, I'm just like, I, it's a laugh or a, okay. Or like a, what I heard in even clips that didn't make this is just like a slow deflation. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, oh okay. just like a little wilt, wilt right. away from the central issue. Uh, it is a funny thing to ask people like to their face. <laughs> yeah. It's like inappropriate yeah. on some level. Uh-huh. Like it's a basically inappropriate question. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we not in a relationship together? Why don't you love me? But it's so funny that your podcast has like created a space in which that is an expectation. Mm-hmm. You have to answer a question. You will be confronted with. And that's that's actually one of the things I do love about podcasts is you have conversations that in other contexts would be you'd be out of your mind to have uh-huh. like if I was to if I saw you at a party I'm like oh yeah hey we're on the same network and you know I do this show and like I really like your show and I talk to you like this mm-hmm. you would hate me right yeah I'd be like who's this lunatic <laughs> but now just because it's like there's microphones and there is a scheduled yeah, time great. and headphones ask me anything you want there's a microphone with headphones <laughs> you got a laptop seems official <laughs> do you feel like you've become like a better conversationalist having done the show no I think uh <sighs> It's not easy to talk to everybody, but, like, I do find myself more in conversations with real people in real life being like, ugh, I gotta stop this. Stop the conversation. I, I can't talk to this person anymore. You see red flags? Are you fucking j- figure this out. I gotta you, leave. You probably have a threshold of exhaustion that's a little bit lower than it used to be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because I talk to so many people, I'm like, I could be having a very interesting conversation that's being recorded and monetized. <laughs> Gavers talks about that a lot. He says now he doesn't want to hang out with anybody unless he can... Monetize it. Yeah, what if you're funny and there's no microphone? <laughs> is this a, Is that a nightmare? That's a nightmare question, though. That's, that's dystopian. What? what? If you that, get, you don't want to hang out with people because you can't monetize it? I mean, maybe it doesn't sound insane to people living in this city, but maybe it, to... It is crazy. I only talk to my friends if I can make money. <laughs> Do you feel like you've been able to make different friendships from doing the show? Yeah, sometimes you meet somebody and you're like, oh, wow, we get along really great. Uh, We should hang out more often. And then you try to do that. But L.A. is a very hard town to hang out with people. It's hard. You're a lady in demand, too. You're very busy. Yeah, and I'll flake on you for a job. I always feel like, especially if it goes well, and sometimes you get the vibes, even if it goes well, like, no thanks. But I always feel like I want to be friends with people after... Having them on one of my shows mm-hmm. or like talking to them because it always just feels like 
friendship steroids where it's like we're kind of yeah. taking a road trip and the radio's broken so we have to talk to each other the whole time yes because it's uh usually when you speak to someone it's like at a party and it's for like minutes at a time a podcast is like oh i'm gonna speak to you for a solid hour i can make a full-blown choice as to when i want like whether i want to continue this friendship or never talk to you again and do they follow up usually with you or do you follow up with them um it depends I mean, for the most part, I've only really had a lot of, like, friends on. Like, my two friends were visiting L.A., my two best friends from high school, Nick and John, and I, we, like, were doing something, and then there was a day that we had nothing planned, and I was like, oh, you guys are going to record an episode of my podcast. And they were like, we've never done a podcast. And I was like, yep, because they're not actors or anything. They're not in entertainment. But I brought them here and made them record an episode with me. <laughs> because I'm a lunatic and I'm monetizing friendships. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it exists for even people who are like professional radio, NPR, such and such, whatever. I mean, they mm-hmm. have to look at all sorts of different parts of, like, the the lunatic thing I do is I feel like all knowledge that I process, I do put through the filter of, can I talk about this later? Like, make an interesting point. Is this like a nugget that I can like put on someone? Uh-huh. Or like, and I'm sure there's things I've even said in this conversation where it's like, yeah, I read that in a book. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna put I'm that gonna away for say later. That later. And it has like fundamentally changed the way I think just about information. Mm-hmm. Where it is just like instead of just like, oh, maybe I'll just build myself up and read a nice book. It's like, oh, it's gristle mm-hmm. for this mill, this unending mill, gristle of content, gristle. Yes. Well. Nicole. Yeah? I just wanted to say, thanks for talking with me. Thanks for having me. I really like your voice. Thank you. I don't, I do not think you are shrill. Okay. I do not think you're annoying. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Nicole Byer has a shrill voice. You can listen to Nicole's podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? Best Friends and 90 Day Bay wherever you get podcasts except for 90 Day Bay that one's exclusive to Patreon just Google it you'll find it Inside Voices is produced by Steve Allman and our theme music is by Pam Autori next week on the show you will hear this voice we wanted to have a show that leaned into our expertise but like we don't really have an expertise so we're like okay why don't we just give advice that way At the very least, we can't be wrong because it's our opinion. It's called If I Were You. You can't tell me that I'm wrong, what I would do in your position, because it's me. I've been your host, Kevin T. Porter. Thanks for spending time with us today on Inside Voices. That was a HeadGum Podcast.